Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, it's Espo back to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You got that right. Claim your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use the code TBPN, that's TBPN, during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. You can feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with DraftKings daily lineups. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for the players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download DraftKings app now and use the code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN when you get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Yeah, millions of dollars in prizes. $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tonight's matchup on the solar panel, Espo versus the Solar Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Uh, whether you're listening to us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you know. It's a midweek stimmy edition of the show. I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. Joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend, the Silver Fox, Dave King. Dave, how are you? I'm doing excellent this bright and cheery Tuesday morning. I feel like we've done this before. And the man, the Carmel Thunder from Dow on Under, it's Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you? Apparently never going to let you run the broadcast again. I know that. (laughs) It's been forever since I've done this. And now uh, Dave makes us get up at, you know, super early. And now it feels like Groundhog's Day. So uh, appreciate everybody (laughs) joining us. we got a special guest this morning with us. He's uh, John Schumann from NBA.com. John, thanks so much for uh, taking the time and and putting up with uh, technical difficulties or user error. Uh, My pleasure, guys. How y'all doing? Good, uh, John. Let's uh, let's hop right into it. Uh, the first thing uh, that uh, is on everybody's mind: uh, you were in the power rankings at, at NBA.com this week. You had the Suns number one, and if you don't mind, just kind of take us through what it, it what you do to put together these rankings and why the Suns were number one this week. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret, which is not really a secret because I let anybody know who asks. And that um, I don't think too much about the rankings themselves. Um, 99.9% of the effort, uh, in NBA.com power rankings goes into what's written about each team. Um, I think that's my focus. I think of it as a, as a notebook 
more than, hey, let's just let's put these teams in some sort of order. And then the order comes at the very end. You know, I think about it a little bit during the week, but mostly it just comes at the end. You know, I've written about all 30 teams. Let's put them in some sort of order. Um, I do care about it a little bit. I, I do. Um, as far as the order, it, it's some sort of combination of, of record point differential uh, where a team is trending um, uh, strength of schedule uh, you know, quality wins really. And, and then if, the, if there there's two teams close to each other, then it comes down to head to head, recent head to head. And obviously the Suns had a huge head to head win over the jazz um, last week. And that sort of put them over the top because uh, you know, they had been right there with the jazz, I think in the last, um, if you go back maybe six or seven weeks, they've been right there. Um, and to, and to win that huge head to head matchup, actually be two and zero against the jazz, uh, this year, um, really put them over the top. John, that's, that's excellent. And, and I realize they don't give out championships based on power rankings and, uh, it's not college football either where it matters, it matters in any, <laughs> in any sense, right? Like that's what I'll, I'll, if anybody really gets heated about it, it's like, Hey, it doesn't really matter. Like, okay. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that this is not college football, not college basketball, where rankings don't matter one single bit. You know, so as Suns what? fans, it's all we have. It's been it's so all long we have. We, we haven't <laughs> we haven't had a playoff series in ten years <laughs> to prove who's better than somebody else. So we've got to take these regular season wins, and we're going to call number one on NBA.com power rankings as the pinnacle so far of this season. So you're just yeah. going to have to let us go with it. I think the banner actually goes up tonight at the arena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's all digital now. Anyway, we're going to put you in the ring of honor John, just, for, uh, just for one day, um, like a power ranking. Uh, you are at the top right now of our power rankings of, of national media. So uh, John, I got a question for you. So with these rankings, uh, uh, I appreciate you being, you being humble on on um, how you put them together, but you do put a ton of work together. And me, as a stat lover, uh, I really appreciate how you show your work instead of uh, just writing pithy comments about the team and, and uh, putting a gift together or two. I do appreciate that you do talk a lot about what is what goes behind these numbers. What why might this team be if you don't you know if you're just uh, throwing stuff at the wall to put the Suns number one this week there, you at least had to have put them in the top two or three. Uh, and so you, you always make some good comments about them. Um, this week, it was really interesting. Um, they, you, you had last week done a notebook on their defense. And then this week you kind of, um, punctuated it by saying the working theory in this space is that their defense, the Suns defense, is better than the sum of its parts. Not great with individual matchups. They're 29th in isolation defense. 29th out of 30 teams, that's not great. But great at helping rotating and defending teams that rely on ball movement. Can you take a couple of minutes to talk us through um, that, that comment? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what really hit me uh, in the Utah game, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably, you know, I don't watch every Suns game. Obviously, I try to watch as many teams as many times as I possibly can, um, and I'm going to come up short from watching all 1,080 games this year. Um, but I will say, what hit me from the Utah game was just the sort of the defensive effort, and also 
and, and I'm sure they were they were up for that game more than they were up for uh, say a game uh, against some other the, the Wizards Rockets on Monday nights. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but I mean the the energy was there, and I thought also the uh, the communication and and the the synchronicity was there, I guess, and that their rotations mm-hmm. were on point and that, you know, if they're guarding a pick and roll, Aiton is there uh, doing his job as the big man. And then, you know, the weak side road guy is rotating down. And then, you know, when they're recovering, they're back, back to where they're supposed to be. And, and the rotations were, were there. I, I mean, I, I think I, in that notebook, I pointed out just one simple thing where Aiton was guarding a pick and roll and, and, Booker sunk down to Aiton's man, which was Rudy Gobert, and basically threw his threw his butt into Rudy Gobert's hips to to box him out. And it's it's a simple little thing, but it's a thing that you know other guys are just sort of going to stand around and see where the rebound goes. Where Booker sort of took Gobert under the basket and made sure you know I'm not going to basically I'm not going to get the rebound, but neither are you type of type of thing. Um, and I, I thought for the most part that that whole game they were just on a string defensively. And like I said, the effort was there. And I thought that was really impressive. It's like, oh, you know, it's almost like, well, how are the Suns, you know, in the top five defensively this year, given that, you know, uh, Mikhail Bridges is a fantastic defender, but beyond that, there's not, uh, you know, the, the great defensive personnel um, that you might think. And you watch that game and you see it. Like you can see, okay, these guys really – I think you see the same thing with the Lakers if you watch the Lakers without LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Is they, mm-hmm. The rotations are great. The effort is great. They really work hard, know where they're supposed to be uh, defensively, and there's no sort of lack of effort. I think if you uh, – another working theory of mine is that like the difference between a good defense and a great defense is like rotations three and four, you know, like – that one, you know, a good de- defensive team can make the first rotation and the second rotation, but then what happens after that? And then I think that's when you get to great defensive teams. And I think the Suns showed that uh, in that win over the Jazz. John, yeah, I know you got obviously they're number one in your power ranking, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a believer that the Suns could win a championship. Um, what is getting you to that point as we go through the season? that might make you feel like, man, this team really does have a chance to, to win a title. Well, I think they have, they're great on both ends of the floor. I mean, they have ways to win, I think on both ends of the floor. Um, Nick nurse says something like, like there's a million ways to win a game. You just got to find one, that type of thing. And I think the Suns have multiple solutions to win games. Like they can win games with their defense. They can win games with one-on-one play offensively. Obviously, they have two, uh, you know, they have Devin Booker, who's going to one of the best at being able to get to his shot. But Chris Paul just playing pick and roll also is a guy that can um, can get buckets in important situations um, if he can get to his spot. Um, and then I think they can win with sort of teamwork on the offensive end, too. Like if, if you're going to say, OK, we're going to take out those initial um, ball handler plays I think both of those guys are willing to move the ball and they have other guys that can shoot so I think they have elements there I think there's maybe one a little bit of versatility which I I think I wrote about also defensively is a maybe a weakness um but when I look at the the west and the east or or 
the West, especially, I think it's wide open. Like I think any of these teams could win given if they're given the right matchups and a little bit of luck and, you know, they're playing well at the right time. So I look at the Western conference. I have no clue who's going to win. Like, so I'm not going to count. I'm not going to say any team is a, is a heavy favorite and I'm not going to count any team out either. When yeah, you, we've been watching. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Espo. I was just gonna say when when you look at uh, at this team, obviously we're watching them on a on a regular basis. But what is it that surprised you the most uh, about the Suns uh, this year that you didn't expect coming into the season? That's a good question. Um, I guess Aiton's capability defensively. Like I think there's he's definitely have a weakness. Like you don't he doesn't want to be on an island against a really good guard. Um, but his ability to defend in that team concept as far as pick and roll, do his job to the best of his ability and put some effort into it um, and, you know, try to, to, you know, hedge and recover and get back to his man, that type of thing, um, I think is there. I think that's um, a critical element because, like, as I wrote, he's going to be on the floor all the time. Like, they, I, I'm surprised – Maybe that's the biggest surprise is that DeAndre Ayton is on the floor all the time down the stretch of close games. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I wrote, I think that is a little bit because there's not really a replacement for him in that situation. Um, Sarich is a, is a quote unquote small ball five, but that's more about the skill that he has on offense than his mobility defensively. Like he doesn't, he's not really a, a, a big advantage over Aiton as far as defensive mobility and switchability. So they don't really have a five man that can um, switch everything and, and give them an advantage or, or be an obvious upgrade over Aiton defensively. So now like, okay, they're counting on Deandre Aiton on both ends of the floor down the stretch of close games. I, you know, he's played, almost every clutch minute for them this year. And he's been, you know, there's been really bad uh, uh, situations. He's gotten burned off the dribble quite a bit in that situation, but um, for the most part, he's handled his own. Yeah. You've pointed out what we've all seen with our, with our eyes, um, which is great because you don't watch much of the suns, but in, in one little notebook and, and, and a couple of power ranking comments, you've, you've picked up on a lot of exactly what the suns are doing this year. Uh, uh, just to let you know, they've been intentionally putting, as you've seen uh, in the in the data, they've been intentionally putting DeAndre Aiden on an island to see how he'll handle it. Because there are times where, especially last year and 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 occasionally this year as well, where he can stay with a guy uh, when he gets put on an island out on the perimeter. He's got good feet if he uses them properly, and he can track a guy all the way to the rim and and uh, deter the shot if not block it. Or, or stop the guy from even trying. But there's other times where he's just he's just a you know a matador out there. So I think Monty Williams is and you you pointed out in your in your notebook, Aiden has the most isolation <laughs> defended by by like by 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 about a third. I'm looking um, at it right now. He's defended 126 isolate. This is this is synergy data. So these are um, isolations that end in the player in a in a shot or a foul or a turnover, which they all do. Yeah, so, well, yeah, <laughs> so he's defended 126, and next is Rashawn Holmes at 89. So that tells you yeah. like, 
And I think it's uh, what we're hoping for, not hoping for, but where I think what Monty's hoping for is Monty Williams, the coach, is either Aiden develops some consistency there because it would be ideal to actually have that be a plus in his arsenal for those clutch moments because obviously he's going to be playing in those clutch moments, as you pointed out. But also, if he never does get it, then they can revert to a drop scheme. Uh, where he just doesn't do all the switching and he drops into the paint like some of the other centers out there. Monty would just like to know if he's got both, you know, bullets in the in the in the gun. So he's got to know if he if Aiton can handle that in, under pressure situations. And so they're just trying it exclusively during the regular season. But I would expect in a playoff series they'd be more of a traditional um, four way switch and then a drop for the for the center. But we're all really curious as to how long uh, Monty Williams, the coach, is going to go for that. Uh, Dario Saric, as you said, is a, is a totally different player. Um, he's good at hedging on the on uh, getting up to it and, and stopping the ball on the pick and roll. But then once he is stuck on an island, he's just toast. Um, so the, the idea being that he gets the point guard to give up the ball before he's stuck on that island. And, um, We'll we'll see how that all plays in the in the postseason. One of the things I'm I'm really curious about with the Suns is um, is how they play in the clutch in the in a in a really high pressure situation. And so I was happy to see them hold on against the Jazz and um, in the Denver game. I think they just ran out of gas. So I, I, I I'm sorry in the Clippers game. I think they just ran out of gas. So. I was really encouraged about how they played last week too. And, and I was very excited to see you put them number one in your power rankings to put yourself in the sun's ring of honor for a week. <laughs> I'm going to actually send an email to the suns right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, the Clippers were the only team that went undefeated last week. So like even, so like Brooklyn lost too. So like maybe if Brooklyn hadn't lost to the Lakers, I guess it was. Yeah. Maybe they they were number one. So I think it it was sort of a situation where everybody lost and the Suns beat the Jazz. So there you go. This is like the silly season, right? Like uh, some unexpected. The Suns, actually Suns fans are used to uh, March, April uh, being the time where they can get some unexpected wins against conference leaders. And it was two years ago. The Suns had like 20 wins on the season, but two of them were against back-to-back or so against Golden State and Milwaukee. And it was like, that was our playoffs. We were very excited about that. This is silly season where sometimes the good teams don't show up mentally. And sometimes the, um, the bottom, you know, the, the team struggling all year, suddenly everything goes right for him. Um, I've been worried last two weeks about the Houston Rockets almost beating the Suns. And the Rockets have had a terrible year. But, you know, if you make all your threes, you can win a game. And luckily the Suns set a record on, on Monday night and made more of them uh, than, the, than the Rockets did. But this is that, kind of, that time of year where anybody can lose any game. Yeah, I think you look at um, sometimes what kind of urgency should a team have like you look at like Sacramento last week where they were a game out of the playing yeah. spot and then they just lost to two terrible, two bad teams. I'm not going to say terrible, but they, they lost to Detroit and I think Minnesota, I think. And you say, well, wait a minute. Like you, how are you not up? Like I get it. If, if, if you, you're as a team, if you're the, you know, the, the nets or, or the, I guess the bucks at this point who are basically, as locked into a playoff position as any team right now. And you, you, you lack a little bit of urgency against a certain team, but like if, 
there's some teams where there's no real excuse. And you have to also look at the schedule. Like some of these teams obviously are playing five and seven at, at certain points. Uh, you know, Memphis and San Antonio obviously playing just a, a, a really heavy, heavily loaded second half of the schedule. So it is a weird, it's been a weird season from the start. I mean, heck it was week one, I think, or where the Knicks blew out the box. And then right after that was the, the Clippers losing by 50 to the Mavs. So it's been like that all year. And you just sort of have to try to put it in, in context as well as you can, I think. Quick question about how do you figure out strength of schedule? You've got to comment the Suns have played the easiest strength of um, schedule so far. Yeah, it's a calculation. Actually, somebody with the NBA stats group gave me this sort of calculation thing. It's a query that I just run with their tool that I have. Um, so basically, if, I think if you look at regular strength of schedule as far as opponent record, the Suns maybe have the fourth easiest I think, and I just looked today, I think they've played maybe three or four more rest advantage games, what I call, which is basically they did not play the day before, but their opponent did. So you have a rest that the opponent is on the second game of the back-to-back and you're not. That's a rest advantage game. I think they've played nine of those and they have six rest disadvantage games that they've played where they're on the second game of back-to-back and the opponent is not. Um, and so that's an, uh, it's not the biggest differential in the league, but it's maybe fourth or fifth biggest. Um, and so I think maybe that factors into it. Like, and so there's this, he's got this form there, this NBA stats guy came up with this, uh, formula basically that tries to roll in rest and home away into, uh, strength of schedule. That is just basically, uh, opponent, accumulative opponent record. Um, and so I use that. Basically, I, I average the two. <laughs> I, I sort of average the the regular strength of schedule just based on opponent record and then this modified one. And then I sort of it, it, I, I wouldn't take it too, too, uh, too seriously, but it's basically strength of schedule with a little bit of an adjustment for for rest and and uh, home versus away. Well, John, we really do appreciate your time and the insight into both your rankings and and how you put together the notebook uh, and let everybody know how they can find you and and the easiest place to interact with you if they want to. Oh, that's got to be Twitter. So it's J-O-H-N-S-C-H-U-H-M-A-N-N on Twitter. Um, I appreciate uh, being here with you guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, John. Thanks for coming on. Have a great day. So that's John Schumann of NBA.com giving us a little insight onto how the Suns are number one in his power ranking and some thoughts on the team overall. Guys, before we get out of here, were you surprised how John uh, was quite blunt about the ranking part doesn't really matter. It's more about researching and writing uh, about the teams. Does that make you feel a little more or less excited that they were number one this week. No, so pow- we power rankings are stupid to begin with. So <laughs> the fact that somebody that does power rankings was like, yeah, I don't really think too much about power rankings. Uh, that's exactly what I expected because power <laughs> rankings are absolutely useless. They don't mean anything. It just gets fans <laughs> a reason to be excited for nothing. That's all. Come on. Come on, man. You work You work in digital media. You know that they're worth something. They're worth clicks. And that's have it. you ever it seen? Have you ever seen a power ranking anything on any of our social channels? 
Well, you Look, man, here's the deal. The answer is no. Here's the, here's the deal. When the when the Suns are ranked lower than I think they should be, then the power rankings are stupid. When they're ranked as high as I think they should be, or they're higher, then they are gold. That's that's my bottom line. <laughs> sure, sure. I I tend to agree with that. I was not all that surprised though, having uh, having written a you know for I mean, a, a large part he, of my life he basically could have just said well you know i just i cut up a few names and i throw them in a hat and whoever i pick out <laughs> is the one that's number one that week like, but this time it was that. the sun so it was very exciting <laughs> <laughs> well does for you guys does the strength of schedule uh tidbit surprise you though because I I wouldn't have thought that the Suns had played the you know the easiest schedule, and you get a little in, we got a little insight into you know how how that's factored in with rest and everything. I I don't know that I would have thought. Yeah, they've probably played the easiest schedule in the NBA thus far. Does I, I, it, did that surprise I, you? I've thought that for a while, actually, to be honest with you, because even the key games that they were they were playing, like the superstars were always missing for for the longest stretch of time, like. Both times they played the Lakers, they didn't have either AD or both AD and LeBron, uh, you know, and the, there's been other matchups, uh, I want to say, uh, oh, it, when they played the Heat last time, they, they were fresh off the the, the trade uh, deadline and Oladipo wasn't there yet. And so it just was like, we just keep missing these little windows and teams that have guys that, and the, I, I want to say that the last time the Suns played a legit game versus a team that that had all their superstars um, maybe Denver oh, in those back-to-back games. Well, I mean, before, before this before. week, before okay, this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe even the Celtics or 76ers games, I think as well, but yeah, I'm um, not that surprised. It, the other thing yeah. that goes into it is, is it's just, record. it's just, it's just that it just, it didn't, it didn't seem like they had a hard record up, up until this point or a hard, you know, schedule to this point. And so I, I think they'll, we're about to find out though. We're about to find out <laughs> real soon. Well, yeah. So are are you guys concerned at all, though? Because that means they haven't really been tested up until this past week. So, uh, is there a chance that this group is is a paper tiger based on that stat? Dave, why don't you start? No, it's a, uh, yeah. It, so far, they're a paper tiger. You're right. They haven't been fully tested. Um, I like how they responded last week. They played their game two games in a row. So I thought I did like how they responded. But you're right. Saul's absolutely right. What's funny is that I don't even think that the stat nerds have come up with missing stars as part of the as part of the easiest schedule part. So that might even have separated the Suns even further uh, from their from their other competition. What I find interesting is that um, the Suns do have a bunch of tough games coming up. But it here's the thing. In the years past, the Suns were always, oh, we have, the Suns have one of the toughest schedules of the second half, blah, blah, blah. And whenever I'd ask questions of people who would do that, because I'm always curious about how that works, is for some dumb reason, it's weird. But um, it's they, the answer was always because they can't play themselves because they were so bad. Well, now <laughs> they have one of the easiest schedules. And part of the reason it's easy is because they can't play themselves. Um, and so Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets have the third easiest schedule so far this season. Uh, so that's, it's just interesting. Although New York Knicks have the second easiest, which is, which is really weird because they're a middling team. Um, so I just find that I just find it. It's, it's just one more thing to think about. Are they a paper tiger so far? Yes. Does that mean that they're not 
A real tiger? No, we just don't know yet. I wouldn't say they were a paper tiger because I think in the games that they've played where they actually did have, you know, everybody showing up, uh, the other team actually had everybody showing up. I think they they fared, fared well. Whether they won or lost, they've always played competitive games. Like right there all the way to the end, you know, both Nuggets games, ugh. Uh, they come back from 32 against the Clippers. Uh, this week, you know, they were in it uh, into the fourth quarter against the Clippers on the back end of a, a back-to-back and um, and then fell apart in the fourth quarter. Like, they've always been in the games. There's never been a game this season. I will say this. There hasn't been a game this season where I looked at this team and I was like, oh, man, they don't belong in that score with this team. Not even close. There hasn't been a yeah. game like that. Espo, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I honestly, I don't think they're a paper tiger. I just posed the question, but uh, because they're top, you know, they're fifth and seventh in offensive and, and defensive rating, right? So that that doesn't just happen. If if one of those were in the twenties, I, I might go, oh, well, maybe this is a little bit of a mirage. But they are solid on both ends of the court, and I think, like John said, uh, he was talking about the defensive end of things but they're greater their sum is greater than their parts and i think that's the case Mm -hmm. on both ends of the court just look at what this bench has been able to do and and what they've been able to accomplish as a unit so overall i feel i feel pretty good even though they've played a fairly weak schedule because we've seen them perform well on both ends of the court regardless of, of who they're playing yeah, absolutely. That. It's it's uh, it is. The Suns have gotten everything to go right this year. I mean, it, it, they've only had one or two tiny little things hiccup with Dario missing a month and stuff like that. But really, the Suns have been extremely healthy. Their opponents, as Saul pointed out, have not been as healthy. Their schedule's been a little favorable. But you know what? The Suns have done everything they possibly can with this. This is their best record in in fifteen years. So. I think that um, you know we should appreciate what we have, but we we will find out in the next few weeks just how real this team is. Part of having an easy schedule is taking advantage of that easy schedule, and the Suns have been the best in the league so far of doing that, despite how some of these games have looked. <laughs> you yeah. know, like even last night, you thought they were going to win by like forty, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh man, it's within ten. Like, how is this even yeah. possible against this team? So, uh, but the sons of they, that's and that's the maturity and the growth. And honestly, like that's the influence of money and CP three. Like that mm-hmm. is just something that that that's carried forward. Like you can't rest uh, on your laurels. You can't sit there and think like, okay, we've arrived because we beat the Jazz, dude. You still got a long way to go. And the mark of a true professional and a truly good team is to ignore what just happened yesterday and execute what you have in front of you today. And the Suns have done about as good a job as you could hope this season. Yep, I know it's time to buckle up because it's going to get really interesting here, and we're going to figure out real quick whether they'll uh, they'll hold on to one of those top two seeds or if they'll wind up a little bit further back in the West and how these things are going to all play out. Before we get out of here, if you want, whether you play a strong uh, schedule or a week one. Just remember, Manscaped is here to help you. Uh, you <laughs> use the code Flaming Ballers uh, to save twenty percent off and get free shipping when you go to Manscaped.com. Our friends over there taking care of you and your game for years. So uh, make sure your balls are happy. Go to Manscaped.com. Use Flaming Ballers. We can name Sean, John Schumann as our as our uh, 
<laughs> as our smooth baller of the week. How about that? <laughs> we, we will name John Schumann our smooth I, baller. I do want to say one more thing uh, because this is the, the morning after. Um, but the reason why it's so important for the Suns to continue to play well and play against bad team, play well against bad teams and good teams is because you never know when your opportunity is here. Yeah. I think the Toronto Raptors found that out a couple of years ago when they got Kawhi and they just they they made their way all the way to the NBA finals and and then boom, KD and Clay both go down. They win an they win an NBA championship. Last night was a good reminder of that when Jamal Murray went down and I hope he's okay, man. I don't want to go to the playoffs if Jamal Murray you know knowing that Jamal Murray could have helped that team whatever way they could have helped them. I want I want everybody at their best is what I'm trying to say, Me right? Too. In, in yeah, the worst yeah. way possible, that's what I'm trying to say. And Jamal Murray going down with a possible ACL and knee injury, and may, it, that would obviously be the end of his season. That changes the dynamic in the West again. Like, everything changes on a consistent basis. Uh, and so the Suns are in an op- – they have the opportunity, right? The opportunity is in front of them. What they do with that opportunity – left to be determined but you got to be ready you always got to be ready yeah and to your point Saul they've taken advantage of it so far uh, and and made the most of that uh what some people are calling a weaker schedule so we'll we will see a lot of great basketball ahead of us in the coming weeks we will be back saturday 8 a.m arizona time live on youtube you can also catch the podcast on demand wherever you get podcasts uh, please rate and review uh, on apple podcast make sure to hit that join button and the subscribe button on youtube you can follow dave king at dave king nba on twitter i'm not going to make the nba joke because some people asked why does espo still do that so i'm not doing it this time <laughs> i like it so, so, so screw you guys and then uh <laughs> you can follow saul at saul underscore bookman on twitter the underscore is there because the saul is super sleepy but the bookman wants to discuss the wedding and i am <laughs> at espo on twitter <laughs> you can follow the show at sun solar panel we'll talk to you next time here on the solar panel ahoy hoy <laughs>